0: Why the eagle of Mexico? Hello,
1: I'm a voice. How's it going, Eats? Uh It's been a long week, not going to lie.
0: <laughs> Same here. Same here. For things unrelated to FPF, unfortunately, it's taken um, some of the FPF work and delayed it a little bit. Uh, my article is coming out tomorrow morning. Um, we're working on something to get it done a little more quickly. Uh, for those of you who've noticed, we've uh, started integrating pictures into our articles, Uh, Marc-Andre Deslaunier's article. If it's not out just yet, it'll be out shortly, he's assured me. And the next one should follow uh, shortly thereafter. A little bit of a delay. Uh, We're trying some new things again this season, like we said. Um, Hopefully, it's formats that you'll enjoy. If you have any feedback whatsoever regarding any of our uh, media services, whether it's podcasts, whether it's articles, uh game of the week any any of that kind of stuff feel free to reach out and talk to us this is your league after all um eagle we have a um, we have a super bowl lineup for uh, halftime act we do we do with Jennifer Lopez and Shakira okay that's uh that's that was announced today i find are
1: either of them still relevant in terms of that's
0: so like is it <laughs> so in the past i remember you know when one year they went John Fogarty, I believe it's John Fogarty, and then, of course, they got criticized, and Maroon 5, of course, they got criticized for, for you know, always going with the safe act um, and going for acts that are no longer relevant. Are they just more attractive safe act? Are they just more attractive safe acts? Are they just more attractive, you know, pop stars?
1: You know what I realized? I think it's that, as men we will just watch the game and it doesn't matter who's doing the super bowl show well that's what i was getting
0: y- to is is that it's to me it's not important because yeah. I don't – there's nothing I but care less about than the halftime show. for the average
1: consumer who only watches the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and in, in fact, if you think of it, like our significant others, that's all they're interested yeah. in effectively, right? It's I wonder how the show – the halftime show is going to be. And it's like that's when they're watching, and then afterwards they go run away, do their knitting or whatever they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: so, um, I mean, look look at our Super Bowl party on yearly basis, right? Like you're, you're there, uh, Justin Blanchard and his uh, his soon-to-be wife. Congratulations, Justin Blanchard now. Woo! um she's marrying MVP. she's marrying it will be an mvp wedding um they they're there my my uh my parents come by and um uh, a buddy and energy neither of them care anything about football they're they're just there for the booze slash help with babysitting slash um, food slash food and so like you know at halftime th- normally we'll, we'll use that opportunity to go run get some more food uh get some more beers get some more uh Know, get some more whiskey in us. That, that's the opportunity we take.
1: So basically, the couch seats liberate, and then all the women assemble in front of the television. Watch yeah, the where they show. were just
0: chatting in in the in the dining room. I mean, look. I mean, my, to be honest, my wife does watch football a little bit. So so she'll she'll pop her head in and watch a little bit of the game. Um, you know, some of them do here and there. My mom is basically just hovering around the donuts all night. Um, so essentially. That's what it's there for. It's there to entertain the people who are not going to go watch the game anyway.
1: But pretty much, I mean, ever since the Katy Perry shark, you can't get my attention anymore. Well, like, I, I'm like, waiting for that. That, that.
0: Is, that is the highest of the high. We can't. You can't beat left shark. Um, <laughs> the other thing, when you look at this is, is uh, this past year, I spent my halftime dealing with uh, my now wife, who was horribly ill, um, and then for the week after Super Bowl... I suffer with gastro. My God, don't get gastro. If you have children and they get gastro, sell them. They're not worth it. They're already going to cost you a million dollars. Plus, you might get gastro for a week. There's nothing worse. It is nothing worse. Um, what is... I, I, I'm going to start the show in a second. But before we get into that, if for those watching on Facebook Live, if you have uh, ridiculous party stories like having to tend to your... Uh, and, and the way this happened, by the way, is, is Natalia wasn't feeling well. Uh, I did all of the the, the 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 preparations for the evening. Um, then she was, uh, I think she was disg- was she discussing with Megan? Was she talking to Megan? Yeah, I think yeah, so. she was talking to your girl. And then instantly, like, just turned green and sprinted upstairs as fast as she could.
1: And I can uh, confirm it was not food poisoning because everything was delicious.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then also, I was sick for a week afterwards. <laughs> um, So, for those, anyone who's got crazy Super Bowl stories, crazy stories about parties that did not go well, feel free to type them into the chat. We will absolutely get to them. Uh, And we'll do that after we get to our first guest who joins us today on the call line. It is Jad Reedy. Jad, how's it going, buddy? Hey, how are you? Not bad. Jad, the latest in the person not to follow the instruction of wait till he introduces you before you say Hi. <laughs> it's not, not just you, that. buddy. <laughs> we got a we got an old Facebook picture of, uh, of you on the screen here. Um, you're holding a garden gnome, and it's in black and white. So you're a um, you are an incorrigible hipster in the picture. Uh, but I will say, I will say, you don't look uh, a day older than you were in this picture. So, not that
2: Yeah, I know. I Congratulations know. on the eternal it? youth. Hey, the the secret is the haircut. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, how's everything going, buddy?
2: Good, good, good. Uh, injured right now, but other than that, life is good. Yeah. So what happened? Uh, I pulled. It, I was playing for a week, and uh, I felt my hamstring was a little stiff. Decided to play anyway, and then I decided to run a corner, a deep corner route from our own twenty-yard line to catch. Uh, a ball and I was wide open, but halfway into my sprint, I just felt it pop, fell to the ground, and uh, doing the rehab right now. Oof, that
1: sucks, man.
0: That's rough. And and um, yeah. Do you have a timetable of like
2: when you you'll be better, when you'll be back to
0: play? It, like how soon? Uh, uh,
2: I just saw the physio today. She told me next week I'm gonna start running. Okay. So, but then depending on how that goes, I might be able to play like in uh, roughly a week potentially worst case in two weeks.
1: So how badly do you think this hurts your Hall of Fame inductee from last year, where it's like, well, yeah, but now he's banged up, he's not good anymore?
2: Ah, It's okay, I'm 30 now, so it's okay. If I miss time due to injury now, it's all right. I was healthy throughout my youth now, in my old age. If I'm banged up, it's okay.
0: My dude, if you think 30 is bad, it gets so much (laughs) worse, I promise you. It gets so much worse as you
2: go. I'm sure, I'm sure it does, I'm sure it does.
0: We talked a bit about the Rockets' uh, roster construction this past uh, the past week on calling the Audible. Uh, we talked about some of the, the, the lesser-known guys like Gabriel Poisson on the team, uh, Raul Baroudi as well. Uh, yet, we look at your the results so far. You guys sit at 0-3 after a loss to Vinny's Huffman. Uh, when you guys built this team, did you think off the bat, well, this would be a competitive team, or... Well, you know what? This is an experiment. Let's see Let's see how well we can do with less of the, the, the big names.
2: It was honestly an experiment. I honestly hadn't realized how bad, uh, not how bad, but how low 490 really is. Like, I was planning on putting our, our D1 Monstars team in, and then I realized how low the cap was for Tier 1, which got me really off guard. So then uh, we tried to see, basically, like, okay, did we grab, like, three guys from Monstars and see what we could do, or... Do We just not play, so we decided as a team not to play. Then me and COG were both looking for a team, and then COG is like, "Hey, uh, I bet I could convince Rod to play. We just need to find like enough guys that would be able to fit us into Tier One." Uh, so then I just asked literally all the guys that I've played with in the past that I knew would wouldn't mind, you know, uh, playing through a team that might struggle a little bit. So that's how like Kevin Gauthier, Kevin Gauthier was down, Boris was down, COG was down. Uh, the both Battellus brothers were down, and then you know we were seven, and we we're still looking for an eighth guy. And then we decided to just you know what, let's have fun, play the seven of us, see how it goes. You know, we'll see what kind of what kind of an experiment it would be having Rod play with less solid receivers, and have fun and see what
0: we could do. And also, like the other thing is like you know you go up against you know so BOLB has Matt Renee has higher division pedigree. Then you play Shankar Dogs, that's a team that's played together for a while, so. You know, perhaps you guys are, you know, on par or better than Junkyard Dogs as an overall talent. But just the fact that they've played together so long has made it so that, you know, it was a difficult matchup. And then Vinny's Huffman, it's a combination of both things that they have high-end talent and uh, FPF pedigree and the fact that they've played together a long time. Um, You got to see Vinny's Huffman firsthand. How do you feel about them now seeing... Uh, seeing Vinny Galano at the helm of the team that was led by Alex Holowack this past season?
2: Uh, it's all right. I mean, uh, Vinny did a good job. Uh, he saw he had a couple plays that worked, and he just stuck to those plays most of the game. Um, you know, credit to him. He saw a weakness in our defense and uh, picked on it, and it worked really well for them. He's a shifty guy, Vinny. You know, our rusher, rusher got him a few times, but it's, it's not easy. I rusher, sure, you know, he's a lower division rusher. He's not used to rushing QBs that have the experience that that Vinny does. So, Who's your uh, rusher, by the way? Boris, Boris Balur.
0: Oh, Boris Balur. Okay.
2: Yeah. So he's like he's been rushing in SDF for maybe two, three years now, uh, two, three seasons now. So he's still he's still you know I would say like a rookie when it comes to rushing, but he he does a pretty good job. Um, I mean Vinny's husband, they're good. They're a well balanced team. They have uh, almost everybody on the team has solid hands. They run good routes. They have good chemistry, and I think wait, that's, wait, wait. You that's said almost everyone.
0: You said almost everyone. Who is the guy who doesn't have good hands on Vinny's Huffman?
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't, I mean, uh, most of the guys. Most of the guys off the top of my head have really solid hands. Well, uh, let's, let's clean this up the then. So hand. we
1: have Corey Wawoski, GM Kolethris, Jordan Allard, Justin Blanchard, Marco Bertoldi, Nicky Papage, Ryan Edinson, Sean Avram, Terry Tam, and Vinny Guano. Which one of them are you throwing under the bus, Jed? Every time, one hundred
0: percent. There we go. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought.
1: That makes a lot of sense.
0: Um, is yeah, Terry in studio today? No, it's just it's just me and Eagle. I'm it's,
1: sure he'll message uh, us on the side though, to give you shit. Uh, yeah, not uh, sure. it's okay. It's okay. I love Terry still.
0: Um, so looking at um how the division is being split up, you guys look to to possibly be dropping into a lower tier. Um, do you think that you'll be? a team that will dominate in that lower tier? Or do you think that you're sort of going to be where you belong because of the fact that you guys took chances on some lower division players and guys that Rod doesn't necessarily have uh, the best familiarity with?
2: I think I think we'll be right where we belong. Um, Rod's great, but, you know, I mean, you ask, I have guys on my team like that tell me that they don't want to play offense because they feel bad they're going to drop balls. You know, so... That that's gonna happen, you know, and like going into it, we all knew that's how it was gonna be, and it's fine. I think if we drop down, if we drop down, which we most likely will, because we're 0-3, I think I think we'll still fir- we'll still face adversity. Uh, and I, think it's fine. I don't think we're gonna dominate. I think it'll be it'll be competitive, and uh, I mean I don't bank on anything. Nothing's in the bag. Uh, no matter how low we drop, I'm not sure if Tier One splits into two or three tiers there, but. Um, I think we'll be right where we belong with competition that'll be roughly at our skill level.
0: We see all hooks moving up into yeah a tier one. Their team has been you know sort of hover run uh, division five, division four in the past. Now they're thrust into tier one. living at quarterback. They're they're young. And they're fast. Um, at first, people looked at it and like we you know oh man they don't really belong here. But you know losing thirty four thirty three junkyard dogs. They lose forty to thirty nine against STL. And they lose 47-43 against BYOB. They have you guys up next. Have you seen all hooks play before? Can you give us some insight as to how a team is able to compete with some of this higher division talent uh, so recently appointed into a high division?
2: I mean, I've seen I've seen a couple of them play. Uh, I know they're good. Like you said, they're good. They're fast. They're young. They're still a little rough around the edges. Rough around the edges, but you know we were just I was talking with my teammates about it last week and this is the type of game we expect you know all out offense they like to go TV. they like they like the big plays which is what a lot of young fast athletic guys are into you know they're less about you know proper timing running routes uh, drive the field they're you know they, they like those big plays they like the flashy plays and they're athletic enough that they don't have to be organized on defense that they make up for what they lack in organization by athleticism and speed uh, it should be a fun game, you know. Like with the experience we have, we kind of have a game plan of how to contain them. Uh, but I mean, you know, they're they're probably younger as a whole and faster as a whole, so it should be a fun game. It
1: should and be a fun game. Week one game of the week actually featured All Hooks versus STL, and in yeah. that game, you saw Theo Leving basically running and dancing around Terrence Adams. Like Terrence looked yeah. lost out there in coverage; he just couldn't contain him at all, and Theo was getting yeah. yards after yards after yards on just. You know, getting out of the pocket and either taking off or chucking it.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. That's what that's when you know you have a young QB with a young core. I mean, they they're fun to play against. They're fun to watch. Should be a fun game.
0: So, given the fact that it rough around the edges, yeah, um, and they've lost these close games, and you're going to face them next. Let's say they beat you guys next week. Let's just say as a this is a point of uh, point of contention. I don't think it matters too much. You guys are roughly. You guys are probably going to end up in the same uh, postseason bracket anyway in the next round,, yeah. but let's say, just for argument's sake, they beat you guys next week. Given yeah. the information that you've, you, you've acquired from seeing all hooks play, given their speed, their athleticism, uh, in a traditional season, the traditional winter season or traditional spring season, you know one through five, A through E, where do you think um, what do you think they can compete? And by that I don't mean you know dominate, go eight and two. What do you think is a division they can win between four to six games?
2: Uh, I haven't played against their team yet. I'll probably be able to answer that question better after week, I see yeah. them play against my team. Yet, but I think you know on paper they could comp- they could be they could be a uh, they could be fit for Div Two probably. They could win four games in Div Two. I have no doubt about that.
0: That's impressive. Again, considering this is not a team that's. Uh, played together for a long time. I will, I will share one story about C.O. Levine. If, you, if you'll permit me, Jad. He was uh, subbing with uh, Lightweight one, week, one season when I was playing with uh, Lightweight. Uh, Simon Dagenet, of course, the quarterback of that team. And C.O. Mm-hmm. Levine was uh, throwing balls, warming up with guys, running routes. Um, and he threw me a ball from basically, you know, past the end zone into my hands at center field. And the ball never got higher than seven or eight feet off the ground like just fired Uh it at me and i was like man i haven't i haven't caught a ball thrown that hard from someone in a long time so it's it's a Uh guy who yes he's known for running but but he's got a heck of an arm too uh, Absolutely, impressive talent, and, and I think that's the the thing that uh, makes a difference. Let's say when you see them and you see some of the other low division teams uh, struggling to, to to make it up past division three. Uh, when you have a quarterback who can really rifle it, that's what it takes. Once you get to like even even up to division three, you need to be able to fit into tight windows. And I think Sealiving is that guy.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, what I tell what I tell QBs from lower divisions, that want to move up. Uh, even QBs that I've played with, they moved up to higher division. The main thing I tell them is like, listen, guys, the biggest difference between the lower divisions and the higher divisions, you got to put more zip in the ball and be able to fit the ball in the tighter windows because you got to be able to stretch the field. And when you have, you know, athletic guys playing coverage, you, you really have to exploit those tight windows that you have to get the ball into. So, yeah, I agree. Like, that's why I think he would be fine playing in this too.
0: Then how did Rosenblatt do it?
2: uh rosenblatt i mean he moved up and the thing is rosenblatt can zip the ball he can put it into a tight window the thing is he doesn't do it often enough and when i played with him and when we played in tier two or even in div three i kept telling him Jeff, like when you see when you see that route developing don't float it just zip it in it's a td every time and he started doing it you know he started doing it he knows you know but the thing is but the there mark,
0: I mean, and you know, like, you know, famously, I used to make fun of uh, the keyport lock offense and so on and so forth. And, and yeah, yeah, the, of course. the thing is, um, in reality, uh, I actually, I like, I like to do it a lot. And I've actually noticed the difference. It's just a fun narrative to play along with. But definitely, definitely, he looks a lot better. And look, he's a guy who constantly complains, by the way, he should be in a lower division. Yet he beat Kevin Wyatt yeah. <laughs> last season. So, I mean, yeah, I know. It's tough to make uh, that argument to, with that information in mind. Jad, how is it like being the best looking Aridi brother?
2: Well uh, I mean it's good. It's good. It has its it has its pros and cons. Uh GM broke my nose a few years ago now, so uh after that I don't know if I'm the about looking a brother. Was it brother. jealousy? No, 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 no. No, 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 I'm gonna go jealousy. No, I don't think so. I don't think I think it was just clumsiness on both of the uh because we're on the same team.
1: <laughs> you know you're, uh, your brother's selling your safety out online here, eh? He's what? He's selling your safety out. So he's like, how much oh, you hurt he? him here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he tried hitting me a few seconds. <laughs> 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 I'm
2: glad
1: uh, it's all working out. <laughs> Zach Zwirn is saying step on your foot, but I think you're in the car, so that might be a bad idea, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, because I stepped on Ryan's foot last week. I think I injured him uh, long term, I'm not sure.
0: Is it, uh, so wait? Are both the Reed brothers hurt? Is this like a, a yeah player? yeah yeah
2: yeah coincidentally coincidentally we're both hurt.
0: That's pretty awful. Yeah,
2: pretty it's terrible. Awful. Sorry, sorry to hear, you guys. Terrible.
0: Obviously, we hope we hope you get better. Um, so just quickly, of the teams you have faced, uh, yeah, I, I'm um, sorry, we got we had a little bit of a connection issue here, but you faced Junkyard Dogs and you faced BYOB. Um, what? Let me start with Junkyard Dogs. What is it about them specifically that give you guys a tough time in your matchup?
2: Um, I don't know. I, can't, I couldn't really tell you. I think from, from in that game, I think we shot ourselves in the foot more than anything else. Uh, you know, having guys that don't normally play offense- playing offense that kind of hurt us. Uh, I, we were in it to the very we could have won the game on the last play of the game. I think we had the ball we got the ball back with a few plays left. Uh, they're a good squad, but I think of all the teams we've played so far, like not to take anything away from them, they're very good. But I think that of the games we've lost, that's the one we should have won.
0: Yeah. Um. And and in that first game against BYOB, you saw Laurent Foucault go offer two touchdowns, Matt Lepage, yeah. uh, Steve Osmond, of course, led the team in receiving yeah. that game. Who is yeah. Matt Renee's top threat, you think, for BYOB? If you have to stop, if you have to do the Belichick thing and take one guy away, who is it?
2: I would say it's probably Matt Lepage. He's just. Uh, stud on both sides of the ball. Uh, I've played with them. I played with him a few years ago. Played against him a lot more lately. Uh, the guy's super underrated, man. He runs Chris Sprouts, goes up for balls, very aggressive on defense. He's a top top level guy in FBS, hundred percent.
0: That's awesome. Um, So Eagle has this uh, generic question he tosses every time we have a guest.
1: Well, it's like Moe when he used to do the interviews for the finals where he'd ask you, you're going to win because blank, and we all made fun of him for it. So I am now that guy. (laughs) So, Jad, tomorrow Rob Campana decides, you know what, (laughs) screw it. I don't want to run this league anymore. Jad, you're the next person in line. So you take over. What's the first thing you change, or what's the the rule of the day that you want to get rid of?
2: Oh, the rule of the day I would get rid of. Uh, that's a tough one. Let me think about this for a second. Uh, it would probably be, a you know, I would cancel I would cancel that new rule that you guys made uh, about the ball getting tipped. It yes, goes it's to where stupid. the stupid. It's is already
1: issue. gone. Consider it gone. Consider it
0: gone. There's two voters okay,
1: in this rule awesome. that weren't there awesome. last year.
0: It's going to be changed, I promise you.
1: That's another uh, thing awesome. I can blame GM for, so you're and <laughs> this stupid rule. No, Seriously. listen, I love,
2: I love the rule, but I think it shouldn't be black or white. It should be gray. The refs should have the refs should have room for interpretation if it was intentional or not. That's the only but that's thing. But thing is, thing. Referees are judges,
0: right? They're there I to agree. make judgment calls. And if we, I we agree. remove that ability from referees, then what's the point? Jad one last question before we let you go. Why are you holding a garden gnome in this picture?
2: Uh, it was the theme of my graduation. I graduated in landscape architecture. So the theme mm-hmm. is we decided to make our, uh, our grad party super tacky. So we had about 300 of those gnomes. Uh, around our faculty for our grad, so I just had to pose with one of them.
0: That's the strangest drinking game I've ever heard of. <laughs> Dad, Imagine a gnome
2: uh, full of liquor.
1: That would be <laughs> awesome.
2: No, no, not, not full of liquor. There was no liquor in the gnome. It's well, our, then party, doing our, doing party, it our wrong, party wrong, a man. Game Come right. on. <laughs> what, what, what?
1: Then you're doing it wrong.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I know, absolutely. I tried to convince them to do it. It was a no-go. Faculty uh, a gnome-go,
1: approve.
0: so to speak.
2: Yeah, there, there we go.
0: Uh, Jad thank you so much for joining us Jad joined us on the DAZN guest line Jad we'll talk to you soon best of luck against all hooks you'll need it
2: thank you hey just quick thing shout out to my tier 2 solid group they're a lot of fun to play with too
1: we lost half of that but that's you're going to okay. have to say that again because you shout out, out to them. P's
2: <laughs> so shout out to my tier 2 team as well Chocolate Thunder they're a great group of guys to play with
0: well actually since we got you here Let's ask you a question. No, okay. Because it's the next thing on the script. <laughs> <Okay>. So... <laughs> Thunder, not Sorry? Just Chocolate Thunder. Oh, Chocolate Thunder. All right, never mind. Yeah. No <laughs> other questions. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> next time. Next <laughs> time. On. <laughs> have a good one. All right.
2: Thanks Say a lot, guys. for your evening. Absolutely. See you guys.
1: We Ooh. had a
0: we had a story clarification during that call. Apparently, uh, some details of my story were wrong. Do you, you have that information?
1: I do not. What story now? The, the story I told about the Super Bowl party. I do not have any new information. Nope. I I do. Okay, why don't you tell the audience? I'm trying then. to load
0: it. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't control the internet speed. A- in go. the
1: meantime, while we do that, we did have a comment uh, from a viewer asking where are the weekly articles?
0: It's, so the article I'm reading is right above that, by the way. Oh, I didn't uh, see Weekly yeah, articles, right. uh, again, I apologize that to start the show, but you're probably just tuning in live. The weekly articles are coming out. Um, they're not divisional. They are, um, they are sort of uh, thematic. Mine is coming out this week with some early season observations. uh, And Marc-André Desorniers is covering some wide receivers you need to pay attention to. If his isn't out yet, which I'm assuming is not because we got that question, it will be out shortly. Mine will be out tomorrow. We've had to deal with some technical aspects of getting this off the ground. It was an idea that we decided to implement without having the infrastructure to do so properly. Uh, that made it difficult, but we have that fixed, it seems, um, and the articles should be coming out more regularly, uh, so expect mine out tomorrow morning, and expect marc Andres to be out around that time as well. Uh, apparently, it was uh, Justin's uh, girlfriend, Alex, who was talking to Natalia that time. She was oh, sick. okay, okay. They were talking about wedding stuff, and then she had to re- uh, go upstairs, and she was super embarrassed, uh, and then my mom came upstairs, or tried to go upstairs to say bye, and, like, there's not a thing someone who's sick wants to do less than say bye to their family or in-laws. Like, that's that's not a thing, right? Like, if I'm sick, don't come talk to me. Don't, don't, just, if you can, put some soup outside the door. Leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Let me just bury myself in my pillow and leave the TV on for background noise. Um, that's, that's all I want. Um, so, my mom did try to do a nice thing. But instead... Uh, just made it more awkward, as she's apt to do. Again, if you have awkward, funny, ridiculous party stories, feel free to type them in the chat. Uh, we will clearly read them out loud. Uh, Eagle, we have any more comments?
1: Uh, well, not that I see, anyways.
0: All right. Chocolate barracudas, 3-0. Yeah,
1: uh, I saw this this week, and I don't know if it's a fluke like their schedule is just way too easy, or if they've improved. And for context, last spring, uh, they finished 3-7, and made playoffs in E2, and then lost the first round. So there's definitely something to say about, okay, well, maybe they made progress, maybe it's a different roster. But I don't know. I just – I'm impressed, I guess, is what I'm kind of getting at here. And I just – I don't know if it's just going to continue and they're going to be at the top of the division um, or what's going to happen.
0: Well – so what's interesting is I had an opportunity to play against them last season, and they beat us in a tight game. It was a fun game, actually, really back really back and forth. Uh, you know, a physical but not dangerous game by any stretch of the imagination. And I noticed when playing them that they're much better than I thought they would be. Matthew Fernandez is a very good snapper. He's got great hands. Uh, kind of the, the peas mold, the snapper. Bi- big dude, gets open, finds a hole in the middle. Uh, not a guy who's going to beat you at the second level, but just consistent and helping move in the yards, helping uh, have, have move the chains. They added Chris Williams during last the beginning of last season. Uh, Luson Pierre, of course, is sort of lifeblood of that team, but they're a team that will do a lot of 4-1, locking, um, or, or they did anyway, locking Chris Williams and locking... Um, uh luson pierre on the outsides otherwise you know there's still two dangerous lurking safeties chris williams also dangerous in the flats as well and when they added the quarterback sonny elias uh that's when they became a stronger team and this is just a fantastic performance by him so far 14 touchdowns one interception um he's completing nearly 70 percent of passes 127.5 quarterback rating this is not the type of play we're used to seeing from Sonny Elias. Like, he is kind of playing I- in over his head. Uh, so I'm curious as well. I'm curious to see once they play in the qualification round against some of the better talent, how they'll do. Because career-wise, career, career wise, uh, Sonny Elias has 74 touchdowns, 43 interceptions. So definitely not a touchdown-interception ratio that's anything close to what we've seen. He completed He's completed slightly over 50% of his passes and a 77 quarterback rating. So it's a huge, huge step up. Now, they played replacements that they played last season, so definitely the familiarity helps. I think replacements are a team that's kind of stuck in the mud and need to do something a little different to be a little bit more competitive. They played Lionhearts. It's still a new developing team. But the key here, they beat Los Bandidos this past week, ago.
1: And, and th- we talked last week about how Los Bandidos aren't really the same. No, but but – but they still, you know, they like have you're talking th- E1 runner-ups, right? Exactly. They they
0: they have um they have their quarterback typically Francis de Rocher. In this game we saw Loïc Servois again quarterback. We we know back from the Chile Concarney days, Loic is a uh, very capable quarterback. And you know, we saw the, 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 the completion percentage drop slightly for Sunny Lyis, but still efficiency you know, you look at this; they got maybe five or six drives, four touchdowns, only one interception, and and limiting low except was the gain to about the same. But the difference here it appears to be that it was it it, it was simply just converts, and and that's something where uh, Sunny Elias in the past struggled in red zone forced passes. Now we're seeing just more confidence, um, whether it's connection it's connection now with Huey Isaac. I uh, knew the team, Luson-Pierre. Again, we talk about Matt Fernandez. Matt Fernandez, three for 18, six yards, but Eagles, Sometimes with snappers, you don't realize how much, how important they are to, to towards uh, sustaining drives, ki- you know, keeping, uh, keeping the, the, the offense on the field. You know, six yards a catch is not great unless it's third and four. Unless unless it's fourth and two.
1: And I always find, especially, you know, on defense, you always forget about the snapper, right? Because you're always worried about the big play. You're playing off. You have him on the little slant or the quick out or something. You're like, okay, fine. Give him the yards. But then suddenly it's a completion. It's a little shake on a DB or he gets a little bit to the outside. And then, yeah, a two-yard slant turns into a six-yard gain. And they do that twice or on third down, like you mentioned, and they're you're continuing to move the chain. So it's always that thing where you also can gamble on the center because then you're leaving guys open on the bigger yeah. plays. So it's it's the poison you have to pick. It's the right choice, but then that's it. The snapper just eats up the field.
0: Absolutely. And and you, you made your career off of that. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I've done that over six hundred times in FPF. So I mean definitely I can I can preach that. That's it's something like you said, Eagle defensively it's, it's difficult to cover. Yes, speedy rushers. Uh, are difficult to cover, but it's different because you will account for a guy like Alex Pilon, for example, right? Because you know, you know the speeds there. You know it's important. So you, your your will just uh, account for that in general. Lemizek, they're zero and three. They've only got twelve points for. They're now outscoring the Dolphins. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> they're, sorry, they're not being outscored by the Dolphins.
1: Well, I mean, it took three weeks, right? So
0: I had a I had a DM conversation with Etienne uh, Duchaine. He did not ask me for nudes, so that's a, that's always impressive. Uh, that's a good way to keep... It's a good start. Yeah, you keep a relationship alive there by not being inappropriate in DMs. But he talked about how uh, the team wanted to register for Tier 3, mm-hmm. couldn't, it was too late. So they're going to be registering in winter um, and be playing in, in, in the lowest possible division. Eagle, we've seen this with teams. We've seen, for example, with... Uh, uh, one team that comes to mind is the original iteration of Junkyard Dogs, whatever they were called, Jason Rossi's team in that first season. They were a team that were sort of pushed into a higher division by necessity. We look at, um, you know, a team like, who, who am I thi- Other teams that The Freshman is, is another good example. Freshmen still haven't necessarily found their, their, their way. Who is the team with that um, the blue team?
1: You're going to have to be slightly more specific. (laughs) Yeah, uh,
0: (laughs) the Jordan Mitchell's team.
1: Oh, jeez. I don't remember what it's called. But, yes, I know what you're referring to. If only there was a way you could (sighs) produce that information for me.
0: Um, These teams are teams that come to mind that struggled in their first season and got better quickly just by virtue of playing against better talent. They are called the?
1: Uh,
0: Blue Chips. Blue Chips, that's it. Um and and that's a team where they went from getting blown out Division 2 to winning it. Ch- no, they, they they made to finals in Division 4. Yeah. Did they win lost, the finals? They lost oh, to the Pastor yeah. Prime uh w- in, in one of the best finals I've ever actually mm-hmm. had the privilege of watching. And, you know, we look at our backgrounds, Eagle. I have played for, we always say, the worst team in the history of
1: FPF. I've had a bad season. Bad seasons. Well, your
0: first season was what? 0-10? 1-9. Uh, 1-9. My first season was 0-9-1. Um, so I mean,
1: I've had an 0-10. Have we had two 0-10s? No, we tied again. We've
0: had we've had. Did we have we had one 0-10? Nekatashi
1: uh, survivors. Nekitomi? That was me Yeah. Was that 0-10? I think that was 0-9 and one. Did we tie a team? Did oh. we 0-10? I don't know. That was we did bad. <laughs> that was we did so bad we forgot how bad it was. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I forgot about that season entirely till just now. That was of course an interesting situation where quarterback goes down, backup quarterback goes down, third guy does his best. And, you know, hats off to Dave Dao for doing everything he could with a team that was really not built for his skill set.
1: So how do you learn FPF quick? Because these guys, I mean, you have five games left. Mm -hmm. You really need to make strides in improving Mm -hmm. here, right? So is this... uh, Call it a wash season already, and they're like, let's just do what we can and have fun with it. Or is it a building block where you can then come back into winter time, understand the game more, and then basically be able to compete? Obviously, because you're in Division Six then, but also just because you understand how FPF works and functions. Like, how would you treat this if this is your team?
0: So, what I what I look at is firstly, you need to learn how to play zone, and teams that come in here, uh, they tend to focus a lot on man. Man defense is great if you win the matchups across the board. Uh most teams in lower divisions cannot. And also at some point quarterbacks call plays that defeat man, so you need to be able to at least switch the zones. Now and again, the uh the, the, the next thing is you stick to to learning zone because you you you're gonna need to know how to do it. And it's gonna be frustrating because guys are gonna blow assignments and guys are not gonna understand how to play zones, how to be active in zones, but you n- won't get better by not having reps. Eagle, we have something on the screen that says right-click to view yeah, yeah, instructions. Yeah, yeah, So
1: this is – I'm actually going to be doing – there we go. Now I right. can actually draw. Th- so this is, this is a neat thing that we have here, so I can whiteboard on top of your face. So that's fun. So why don't we talk – Can you give concept. me back
0: my facial hair that everyone
1: seemed to like so much? I mean, yes. So there we go. Thank you. <laughs> I <It's appreciated. laughs> I mean, it's all right. No, but rather like – okay, so let's talk about some zones. So mm-hmm. what type of zones are we talking here?
0: I mean, just to, to, to be – You know, I don't want to go into too much detail, but most of the guys here have played some level of Madden um, or have some basic understanding of football. So cover two, cover three. You drop two safeties, drop three safeties. Line up five across. We we saw untouchable balls in Division three, uh, tier three. You guys played against them this week. The the reason why Pat Wright was able to tear them up in tier three was simply because he was able to diagnose the defense um, very early on. Once, once he got the huddle, he basically knew exactly what defense was going to do. So you want to line five across, and then this would be, for example, cover two with Eagles drawn on the screen. You drop two people, you have three playing in the flats. The three playing, so the key though for this is the three playing in the flats, you need to pick up a route. Yeah. You can't just stand and watch. Don't anything. cover grass. If there's no route in front of you and nothing is coming towards you, there's something behind you. So either pick up the first route you see in front of you, don't follow them out of your zone if they leave your zone release and then look to see what's behind you because there there will be something coming in behind you so that you know and then cover three is the opposite where you drop three guys and those three guys this is something you do when you're expecting teams to attack deep or you're playing against a guy like Francois martin for example who uh this is the only coverage you'll ever need because he just doesn't want to throw hooks all day so uh just do that over and over and over there's some more complex zones as well and i won't get into that uh, in my article, actually, we saw Lockdown winning their first game, but I'm going to criticize their defense in the article you're going to read tomorrow you're as being right. too static. You should. Uh, I, and it's, it's sort of their defense is a throwback to FPF six years ago, uh, which doesn't work anymore because quarterbacks have gotten so good in FPF. It's, it's absolutely astounding. The next thing is uh, figure out who your quarterback is. Give him as many reps as possible. If the guy isn't on your roster yet, find him. If he is on your roster, just give him as many reps as possible. Also talk to people. This is a league where we weirdly like talking about FPF. We like talking about a recreational sport. If you want proof about that, there are literally hundreds of people who watch this podcast every week. So given that people are that dedicated to this league, I promise you people are more than willing to help. If you see me at the field, if you see Eagle at the field, if you see uh, other players at the field, feel free to engage in conversation. Feel free to reach out to us by email, by text. Any way you can, we do try to answer it as quickly as possible, uh, and we do we will do our best to, to to get to those requests. Eagle and I often go help out new teams by showing up, coaching them up. Uh, we've done that for Lionhearts. We've done that for Brewers. Uh, Brewers had some postseason success, uh, as did Lionhearts, making to the playoffs in their second season. Um, we've we've done this with a lot of teams. Uh, five years ago, Eagle uh, himself came to. Help out my uh, fledgling team, Punch Panda, as well as a guy named Alex David. Alex David uh, was an experienced player who came on our roster, and in one season we went from a team that was 0 9 and 1, and next season we were 7 and 3, uh, and and earned a playoff berth in our second season.
1: And we're gonna start seeing it probably in about a couple months, like right before winter starts. But there's always teams looking for scrimmages or mm-hmm. partners to basically play games with, and eventually, you know, you either build relationships so you can build teams together, or just kind of OTA stuff, where you kind of get together in a park, so you're all on the West Island or East End or Laval. You guys go on a Saturday, 1 o'clock, and just play some football, you know, you teach each other a couple things, like, okay, here's how you run your comeback route, or you know, put your ball here on this play, or on against this defense, here's what you do, or shoot this route, or shoot that route. So yeah, you kind of have to just develop and kind of understand things, especially if you don't have a football, f- football background. Watching it on TV and thinking you know what a slant is versus running the slant yourself is a very different experience. So it's gotta, you got to get there. It's going to take some time, but uh, you guys are going to be okay.
0: We got a comment that uh, unfortunately, Eagle, the Facebook Live for uh, yeah, Terrence Adams, I know. I this thing know. is lagging. It will be posted on YouTube uh, tomorrow. So w- we try to do Facebook Live to get some of the interactions. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it's not our fault. I'm going to blame you, Terrence Adams. Uh, stop trying to cash in on those AOL discs. How many guys in this league do you think are too young to know what AOL discs are?
1: You know what? More than I'd like to admit. Yeah,
0: probably, right? <laughs> probably. Um, Eagle, did you get a chance to watch anything in Tier 2? Uh,
1: actually, not so much this week. I really had to come in and leave. Um, tier 2, actually, for me, is the least interesting, if this makes any sense. I find like it's very kind of parody across the board. Mm-hmm. There's no teams that are kind well, of a pure in standout. That,
0: in that... Um, that does mean that we're going to see upsets, right? Mm. So, like, I, I saw a game, for example... Uh, but is
1: there really an upset if you don't really know who the favorite is?
0: I mean, IceUp is the favorite. Are <laughs> they, though? Yes. Okay. Yes, they are, obviously. I mean, IceUp has a ridiculous roster. We've talked about them at length in previ- uh, previous podcasts. But I thought Diablos, for example, were going to be uh, a strong team. They went up against Mean Machine, who hadn't won a game yet. And Mean Machine completely neutralized Matt Lepage. Allowing just one catch for five yards, hmm. and then on top of that, um, they find themselves Diablos now at the bottom of the da- of the uh, Calethrus pool, having a lot of 120 points. I don't think any of us saw like like they're a, a fall cup winner, right? And as much as we like to to, to uh, you know joke about Francois Martin because he's one of our buddies, he's a guy from the media, he he has a good sense of humor, he takes it well. Um, you see tens and you see Diablos at the bottom of the da- of, of the Colethris pool. You know, so I mean, th- that's where the parody makes things interesting. Uh, outlaws one and two. You know, at the same time as Blackout, the team moving up from Division Six at one and two. So I think I think there's a lot of interesting stories here. We talked about uh, Jadaridi's team, tro- uh, Chocolate Thunder. They're finding themselves at one one and one. So I mean, there's 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 just a a lot of odd situations. Other after you get past Ice Up, ECW, Team Ethnic. Yeah, you don't know anything. It, like, that's where it, that's where the parody makes things interesting. Now, if we look at the dakula pool, we see three teams at zero and three. We see Le you see the Bruins, you see Dreambreakers. At the bottom of the Collectors pool, you see Supply and Command, Tents and Hammocks, Diablos one and two.
1: Are well, are actually like six teams at one of and well, two. Yeah. In I mean, I just, picked, I, mean I just picked
0: three and three for symmetry, but yeah, me and Machine are one and two. Outlaws are shockingly one and two. Um And blackouts, one and two. Well, blackouts, again, I'm going to give blackouts credit, by the way, only allowing 87 points in three games. Um,
1: that's, I mean, it's funny, though, because you say that. Look at the other teams, like Warriors, 67, Grokox, 71, Mi Machine, 74. So the 76 from Outlaws is actually not that good in comparison.
0: <laughs> no, but I was saying I mean, it's not bad. No, but it's I was saying from blackouts, because blackouts moved up from Division 6. yeah, yeah. So sorry, from Division E. So to move up from Division E and allow only eighty-seven points, as you're facing better quarterbacks, mm. right? You you you'd expect them to struggle somewhat. And look, eighty-seven is not amazing. It's almost thirty a game, but they're still, again, they're still. They're better than, supply and command, tents and hammocks, and diablos on defense. Is that something you saw coming into the season?
1: I mean, the short answer is no. Uh, but I mean, you say that, you know. Unless you're Tier 1 and you're literally scoring every drive unless you make, like, a huge mistake. Like, I think that's the thing, right? In Tier 2, you're likely to make the the, the bad read or basically throw a ball into coverage or get stopped on fourth down. And so the score doesn't get run up as much, I find. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, okay, well, everyone gets seven possessions then you score on at least six of them or whatever. So you're going to have the drives you miss. But that being said, you know, having 30 points a game is still pretty high for Tier 2. Like if if you're allowing thirty points a game, you're losing those games.
0: Well, but the thing is, um, they've also so the, the, the only score the only game they scored uh, over thirty points was against Plankham and they scored thirty eight points. Um, but again, it's I'm not saying hey, look at Blackouts; they're the best team in in the division. I'm saying they're a team that moved up. Oh, and that, from Divi, yeah. and and I mean, it's a team I played against in Division E, and I saw the improvement from one season to the next. And I'll admit it; I saw them. Hey. This is easy prey. Well, this is a team that doesn't know doesn't know what they're in for and they're, they're kinda of holding on. Okay. First game they got blown up by outlaws. Stephen Harper is a tactician. Uh he he tore up the blackouts uh defense. That said, the only game outlaws have won is game one against a formerly division E team.
1: Yeah. And the so Blackouts, just to put it in perspective in Div E allowed two hundred and eight points in ten games. So twenty one points a game basically. But again, far
0: worse quarterbacks in E two.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could say that.
0: You know, so so it's uh, definitely th- again. My point is that they're competing, that they beat the playing command, and and they lose by a score to Legal Cook, who are a good team. You know, I I I find that to be particularly interesting. But so like, given that you see all these one and two teams in the, the Collector's pool, you then look at the Daclo pool, and you have a bunch of zero and three teams, and and you have two teams tied up, one one and one. Which which division? Do you think Eagle has the strongest of the bottom? So, like, is it mm. is it just a lot of mediocrity in the collectors pool, or are all these teams competitive? And then vice versa, are these really weak teams, or is or is the top just much stronger in the Diacolo pool
1: I I look at this, and then okay, so Iceup, Teen Ethnic, uh, definitely strong. Mangoose, Le Panestad, Leaf Sud, we kind of know them a little bit. Red Raiders, we talked about Le Santal, their existing team, Chocolate Thunder. So these teams. They're they're good, but then you look at you know the uh, collectors pool, ECW Warriors, Lego Cock, My condolences. I think who's on condolences again?
0: My condolences is the team that's got um, what's called Benjamin McMahon, Corey Packer Oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay, uh, Travis yeah, yeah. Moses, uh, yeah, Johnny Wilson. That's a Wilson. good
1: team. And then yeah, Mean Machine, Outlaws, Blackouts. Like these aren't teams that you would expect to be over five hundred in any division they play in, right? Mm-hmm. Like for any of them to have a losing record, I mean I think I draw the line at supplying command. So, yeah. Right? Yeah, well <laughs> but, know. we you know, know what the
0: problem with supplying command is.
1: Yeah. So one to seven, I would say I expect positive records in the Colethith pool. If I go up and I look at the D'Aquila pool, maybe at Red Raiders is where you go positive. Yeah but I'm saying
0: the opposite. Like so I'm asking you a question you're not answering. I'm saying is the the, the Colethers pool
1: I th- okay. Is there I a lot think-
0: of one and two teams because because there's a lot of parity, or are they all just weak? And then vice versa for the for the uh, pool? Are the are the bottom teams that much weaker than the top teams?
1: No. So I think I think the bottom teams in the Dakar pool are underperforming because I as much as the Bruins are 0 and three, I think they should have won at least a game. Same thing with Dream Breakers. And then yeah, if you look at the Columbus pool, I think. The this is where it's pure parity, right? Where you're beating up on each other and you're kind of just cannibalizing the the whole results along the way. So I would say the teams are stronger in general in the collective pool, but because they're playing against each other, they're they're cannibalizing the results, and so it looks uh, the way it does.
0: Gab Wiseman though nine touchdowns, eight interceptions after three games. I know that's that's I, why that's it's so disappointing. Weird. That's so weird. Sixty nine quarterback rating for Gab Wiseman. I don't understand. And and I know they they had the first game without Zach Sworn, but still like you look at it you know they lost to chocolate thunder uh a team that that's their only win and then losing to the team ethnic um that's you know nothing to scoff at but it's just it's just bizarre that like they they've lost to santar santar and, and and chocolate thunder and those are the only two games those teams have won mm. that, that 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 i find that very very surprising um Eagle, do you have time to get Mo on?
1: Uh, I'm trying to get him right now. I'm just trying to see if he's actually going to answer his phone because you know how Mo is. little The worst. Diva.
0: Uh, so soon we'll get, we'll get to Mo. Um, yeah, so like I said, um, some surprising outcomes uh, this past week. Uh, the, the first of that, I, and again, Eagle, I know you said it, you didn't find it to be particularly surprising, but given the fact that um, Diablos did lose that, that third game, I find surprising. I found the fact that Attention hammocks couldn't get a stop on my condolences. To be somewhat surprising, they they lose forty to thirty five, um, and we saw outlaws not being able to 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 deal with W's offense. I thought I thought outlaws would be fair in that game. Mo uh, Khan joins us now on the DAZN guest line. How's it going, Mo Khan?
3: I'm very well myself.
0: Good buddy, how you been? I haven't
3: seen you all season. Good. I know, me. I know I've been. No, no, I've been relegated to Lachine. One that week only in Lachine, so I'm not out and about in Bras or and Papineau
2: this season.
0: Well, we got we got a uh, a picture of you up on the screen, Mo. Uh, tell us about why you think uh, white spandex is the best choice for you.
3: Look good, feel good.
0: <laughs> play, look good, feel good, play good. Huh? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Um, Mo, so you you've been at Lachine. I've actually been covering a lot of the stuff at Papino. Obviously, that's where where I spend a lot of my time. Um, give us, so can you talk to us about some of the games you saw this week? And I'll I'll start interjecting with some of the questions about some of the teams that played.
3: Yeah, you know, I've seen Vinny's husband play their first three games in Lachine, and every week they've gotten better. Uh, you look at Vinny Gallo going back to quarterback this year, and I thought it'd be quite unique because he hasn't thrown. I think almost a, a full FPF year, if not a year and a half. And he hasn't lost his rhythm. And this is a team that I thought has a good rapport of what they have. Mark he was back this week. Uh, Terry Tam, and know we make fun of him, but he's had a, a very unique role with what he does on both sides of the football. And I think it's this thing, at the end of the day, when you look at Benny's husband over here and what they built with this team, Nick Tappage being a guy that I really like and who's had a good uh, season for the two teams he's playing for uh, there's some good weapons here and I think they, they definitely make some noise in a very tough con division that they're in
0: yeah and you look uh, Vinny Galano has been able to find uh, he has uh, s- sorry five receivers it's at least two touchdowns uh, but the volume of the passing uh, seems to be going mostly Justin Blanchard, Corey Wawoski, Nicky uh Sean Avram of course being the check down uh, player in the offense what do you think Justin Blanchard brings to this core? Uh, in that he hasn't really played with this group a bunch uh, in the past few seasons.
3: Well, it's JB. Uh, uh, what's JB for Hall of Fame? We have the hashtag going on right now for him for the next uh, couple of years until he gets into we the Hall of Fame. That one. Sorry, Mo. That's all
1: right, Eagle. You put it back up, Eagle.
3: Put on the poll, please. Should <laughs> JB be in the Hall of Fame? Yes or no? Uh, like I, I like what what Justin brings to this team because. His ability and like not to say that he lacked the uh, the athletic uh, god to get over here, but he is their most athletic player on both sides of football, and the way he can cover the back and he's almost a human eraser for this team, and how he he eradicates uh, deep plays that come uh, his way, or he makes going from one side of the field to the other side of the field to make a play. So I think he's a real huge addition to the team, and. He could be the difference maker in why they will advance deeper and deeper into the fall of cup because of what he can do on defense than what he does on offense.
0: Um, well, so what, what are the other some of the other teams you've had a chance to see?
3: Well, I've seen STL. Uh, STL toyed with uh, their dog the other night. And, you know, when you see how they took, they took a season off from, from spring and came back, they look healthier, stronger. I spoke Dylan Taylor about, you know, what it, it felt like not to play and he goes to feel refreshed. Uh, this team feels refreshed, and even though they've, they've not played since April or late March, whenever their last game was in the winter season, they've not lost a beat, and the guys that I really like on this team that has a new addition is Andrew Carruthers, and mm-hmm. I know he plays with Joseph Fazio and Carl and, and other divisions, uh, piece, but he's a guy that has had some big numbers on offense. He's been Dylan Taylor's go-to guy. Not to say he's still JL 2.0, but he's had elements of making the big play, the clutch, clutch play for STL, and I just thought that what he brings on offense, and he's a wise veteran receiver that can definitely be a difference maker for them. He could, he's a guy that I think could definitely have an influence moving towards next round. And looking at what they did to the Junkyard Dogs, they never were in angst in terms of where they were compared to where Junkyard Dog was in the football game. And Dylan Taylor looks like he's found his rhythm again and back in where he was before the season ended last year.
0: I talked to uh, Royce Margin after the, the game. Uh, some heated words between him oh and Jason boy. Rossi. Uh he was telling me though, like you know, like he's like he warned me, he's like, yo, before you talk about this, it's no big deal. Um, you know, like things got heated and the huddle, we're passionate guys. Uh, you know, just a disagreement between teammates. Uh you've seen teams compete at the <laughs> highest level mo uh for those who don't know Mo was the original rusher for uh Montreal's finest. Uh do you when you see that um do you think there's a scenario where where that can't be healthy? uh do you think that sort of helps give a team like Junkyard dogs their their edge uh do you think it uh hurts them or do you think it doesn't matter at all well
3: when, when Rory asks or tells Rossi to uh leave my you know shank uh it gets pretty intense and like they they had to blow up because what happened was in that, in that football game, Rossi threw uh the last player or I think the last play INT. t and Rory felt that Ross didn't... He gave up on the play. That's what he essentially said to him on the sidelines after the play, and it got heated, and I had my back towards the, the, the discussion with those two, and I turned around, and Rory literally looked like he was about to haul like a cartoon character, and, and go with him, but they had to be uh, separated by their teammates, and Rob White, being the uh, Kofi Annan, the UN, former UN leader, uh, was able to calm him down and get things organized, and, like, they might play it down with what happened, but this isn't the first time Rory has had issues with Jason Rossi. you have seen it in years past on previous junkyard teams. But you wonder for the long-term growth of where they are. These can this still coexist? I'm not saying it's Antonio Brown versus Big Ben over here, but can they still coexist and have the same success? Because they had a chance to get back in this football game, but unfortunately they came up too short against STL. Yeah,
0: and um, I mean, look, it's sometimes it's just it's just how teammates communicate. You should hear some of the sh- some of the stuff I say to Eagle off camera. You know it. Uh, Oh, you guys are like
3: the original Rossi and Roy <laughs> down over there, no?
0: Um, well, uh, anybody else catch your attention?
3: Yeah, you know what? Uh, big win for Dead Prez. Uh, this is a team led by Jeff Rosenblatt, and they took on run and gun, and they won by five, but this game was nowhere near indicative of what the scoring was, with this being a five-point victory. Dead Prez jumped out to a two-score lead after the first half. They had a three-score lead at one point. And, you know what, funny enough, uh, Kendall Myers plays on the, on I said, we don't want to the, don't go to the relegation round. And they proved a point that they are not going to be um, pushovers in, in the last game or two that they have left on the round robin portion. And I just thought Corey Packer did not look like himself. I know he was a bit banged up playing in KTFL prior to that. He was, I was a little bit banged up. But I just thought that he left too many plays on the football field. And Anthony Van John did get banged up towards the end of the football game and was not really effective. But I thought... Full props, to Jeff Rosenblatt. He really controlled the game, the narrative of how that unfolded for the team. And John Laristis, I know you know him very well. He's uh, mm-hmm. as well as Eagle. Like he had ten catches, but half those catches were for first down, at first downs, and even touchdowns included. So I thought this is a, a good one for Depp Prez and still keeps them within range of maybe advancing to the next round.
0: Um, do you uh, do you think? What do you think of John Laristis in the pantheon of underrated FPF receivers? Because to me. Um, I always say that if if his name was anything else, he'd be in the FPF Hall of Fame already, Uh, but John Lewis is the guy I've always always appreciated. He's been a teammate of mine a long time, a friend of mine for a long time, Uh, so maybe I'm a little biased, but do do you agree with me more that he is probably the most underrated talent in FPF?
3: He, he definitely is. I'm sure Gino DeFazio G- will be crying until he can no longer cry that he let him go. <laughs> and, how, and how that played out for Gino. Does Gino DeFazio have 20%. tear ducks? I don't know. Put on the full Eagle. Does Gino DeFazio have tear ducks? Yes or no? Is he going to do it? I don't think he is. I'm uh, not going to do it. Uh, you know he's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, knowing Eagle, he'll probably, he's probably playing Pokemon, like Man of War. absolutely, yeah.
0: Absolutely.
3: You're not wrong. Some E-game. I'm not far off from, from, from the whole thing here. But, like, like John, John is a guy that he's got incredible hands. He's very reliable in what he does. I mean, he's probably one of the most efficient 5- to 10-yard players uh, in terms of what he can cast football as a radius. And, look, I mean, this is a guy, if you look at his stats overall, piece, I mean, he's had some pretty strong numbers as a receiver, where, overall, he's uh, at, ready for this, P Z? Mm-hmm. 1,200 receptions. So he yeah. has a 1,200 reception mark. So congratulations. Yeah, uh, Almost 12,000 yards receiving and almost 270 yards, t- 270 touchdowns. So he's, so he's put up some great numbers here. But the question is, you're right, though. Does people Do people recognize what he does in terms of the short to dirty work that no one will give the hoopla to as opposed to the Pat Jerome's who will make those highlight grabs game in and game out?
0: So that's the thing is uh, one of the ways uh, I approached my, my voting for Hall of Fame well, uh, I've said it publicly on the show before, and I'll say it though for for new viewers. I look at guys, um, I look at guys across the board based on their stats alone. I have Eagle provide me the list of players without names, but with the stats. And I remember coming across this one stat line. I'm like, oh, you know, at the, at the time, I don't. I think it was Pat Jerome who wasn't in the uh, the Hall of Fame yet, and I was like, this must be Pat Jerome. And then. I, Right. Eagle invo- unveiled who I, was it, who I initially pegged to vote for, and that man was John Laristas. And I said, my God, he's put up ridiculous numbers and doesn't, doesn't, necessarily have the, you know, doesn't necessarily have the championship pedigree, hasn't played on always the best teams. But, man, his individual accomplishments have been amazing. Amazing. Hey,
3: put on the point, Eagle, if you blindfolded Peavy, would he be able to feel the faces of John Laristas and Pat Drummond know who's who?
1: I mean, yes I or no. wouldn't want him touching people blindly in the face. I mean, that sounds kind of sexual. Well, you know, know if they'd be okay he, with that. he
3: can touch the face and feel like, is this John LaRitis's face or is this Pat Drum's face? I'm yes pretty sure no. you Please. can figure it Thank out. You. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, look, all I know is, you know, that, that's an interesting uh, threesome of people. Yeah. That's More, one way to put that.
1: You said something earlier which I found interesting which you said, you know, Dead Prez is trying to avoid getting relegated. Do you really feel that being or going into the qualification round in the second tier or basically the, the relegation bracket is like a death sentence for a lot of teams? Because like, okay, so tier one, for example, right? Right now, almost guaranteed to make it in there is all hooks and rockets because they're 0 and 3. Uh, Run and Gun, Urgence, Magic, and Dead Prez are 1 and 2. So right now, they'd be there. And then you're looking at one of the 2 and 1 teams. So effectively one of the other ones except for Vinny's Huffman. I Granted, week four has to go through to figure it out to get the final ones. But, I mean, you, you it's not really all that bad, right? Like, you can go 4-0 in the second round and then make your way into the final tournament. So, do you really feel like teams should be avoiding relegation in general?
3: No, I, I think teams uh, shouldn't avoid that. You know, I mean, losing is not winning, my friend. I don't know if you. Losing, is yeah, not I don't know if you live by the, yeah. Losing is not winning. My friend. That's, that's why that you work. That's why you work
1: on TSA. Name eh, for this expert analysis. Losing is not winning. That's what
3: I do. Losing is not winning. My friend, put that a poll, please. Losing is not losing winning. Is that a cliche? Yeah, is it cliche? Yes or no? Is um, it factual? So, Look, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I just think, like, in the case that we have now with how this is on play has unfolded for some teams here in the first three weeks of the season, like. The, the Basman Jam pool still is up for grabs. I mean, running gun and Medic can still make a run up the top three, top four. Depp Red's still in there. But I look at Conn pool, and I think we have a four teams that are, are legitimate that are going to go through. I just think that if you go into that relegation round, quote-unquote, yeah, it gives you that hope that, hey, you might roll through some weaker teams here, which may prove un- not beneficial because of what you're trying to do to develop that rapport for the winter season. But, like, if you backdoor your way through – like I said, losing is not winning. But, hey, if you win, you get the ring on your finger.
0: Uh, one quick rapid-fire question before I let you go. What is the team that surprised you uh, from all the teams you've seen so far? What's the team that surprised you most with their, uh, their ability? In any tier. Uh,
3: I think – Rockets. I was a bit surprised. They're 0 three, and they they look like an 0 and That That's how how they've been, and I'm disappointed because Rod Marshukov, who, who did take a season off from from FPF from spring, I mean, he's assembling himself a pretty solid team with the Bacallus boys, Zhadaridi, uh, who is banged up with the pull hamstring as we speak, uh they, have uh they have some guys who are are legitimate players in divisions two, if not three, and to be 0 three and to look rather pedestrian against. Vinny's uh, Huffman on on Tuesday night. Uh, I was a bit disappointed by how they played, and I just think that maybe they could be that team that can backdoor their way backdoor their way through into the uh, tier two or second round of playoffs here. But that's a team that I'm a bit surprised about how they've done so far in the first three weeks of the season.
0: And is there a team that surprised you with how good they are?
3: You know what? I've I've had a couple of tier two teams uh, that have uh, surprised me pretty well, and I look at Chalk of Thunder our boy Joe Kano or Cano. what uh, is which is the Kano or Cano. Um
0: I always say Kano, and I think I'm wrong but I'm gonna stick with it.
1: I actually think it is Cano. If it was Kano he'd be a Mortal Kombat character. Yeah but I think he was a yeah, Mortal Kombat character.
3: I think it's Cano. I think it's I think it's Cano. Alright look here here's the thing about them, right? They see you be three and Uh they they were up against Up in week one and they lost that game. Uh, they had a close one against Bruins in which they were up, and Bruins made a comeback and still won by four. Uh, this week, they tied uh, the Sontalic led by Jordan Rossi. I, I was a bit surprised by it because they had a two-score lead in the second half and gave it away, and they ended up tying 31-31. This is a team that I think is good. It could be much better than what they've shown so far. I like the core of this team, Kyle Pevis, who I think is underrated. We talk about underrated players. He's a guy that's one of the better defensive players in FPF. I know Jadavidi wasn't there, as I mentioned before, but this is the team that should easily be 3-0 than what they are being 1-1-1. and
0: Mo, uh, I'm going to let you go right now, but before I do, what time is it?
3: 8.40.
0: Oh, what, what time of the show is it? What do we do when I... When, what does oh, say? Games of the Week! It is? Games <laughs> of the Week!
3: Thanks for
1: joining oh, us. Oh, yeah, man. sorry. All right, man. Be good, Talk to you Bye. soon, buddy. Love you. Be good. Bye. So, yes, it is Games of the Week time. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's okay, Mo. We only did this for, like, five years. <laughs>
0: I was sure he was going to get that. I was sure just by he's familiarity, the fact that he's been... Like, he's been sort of FPF media longer than I have, right? So...
1: Yeah, but, I mean, think about it this way. How many times have you set him up for a sign-off and he has completely <laughs> not understood what you meant? Yeah, it,
0: to be fair, though, like, more like, the guy works really hard. And, again, I'll, these are the compliments I can only give guys when, when they're not in the room um mo works really hard so he's one of those guys who's like one track minded is sports 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 so he has no cultural reference points
1: all right so let's go tier one um since we talked about it let's talk about the rockets all hooks game
0: rockets all hooks i think rockets are going to continue to struggle all hooks are better um than uh, some of the high division teams think they are that's why the games are as close as they are and i think that the the where rockets lack is general team speed, so give me all hooks. Uh,
1: let's go BYOB versus STL.
0: BYOB versus STL. Um, I think STL is coming together. I like BYOB a lot. It's the it's Matt Renee is the kind of guy who needs the, the the right pieces around him and the right attitudes around him, and he has that with BYOB. But uh, that said, it's also the case for Dylan <laughs> Taylor and STL. Uh, give me STL.
1: Uh, run and gun versus Irjans Medzik.
0: Irjans uh, Medic has to figure it out at some point, right? I mean, do they? I don't know. I don't know who's going to be there. Um, give me, give me run and gun just because I the roster consistency is too much. I I, I wrote a lot about uh, about uh, one of their new teammates in uh, Nicholas Gruppini in uh, my article this week that'll be out tomorrow. Uh, remember, to take a look at that. Uh, Nick Rapini, one of the better low division talents, making his name in in a higher division uh, early in his FPF
1: career. And bonus for tier one, Braves U versus Two HD.
0: am you know, I'm the biggest Two HD fan there is, right? Yeah, but I don't I'm see it in this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a teammate of uh, of uh, what's it called? I'm a teammate of Joey Taylor's in tier two. Uh, he's a good buddy of mine, but. I, I don't see them being beating Braves You. Give me Braves You. But he, he's gonna do a thing where he proves this all wrong again, right? Like that's that's what he does.
1: Yeah. Uh let's go Chocolate Thunder versus Le Mythic. Do you think they have a chance?
0: Um, no, Chocolate Thunder. Lame Mythic, they're they're in over their heads. Uh, you know again, take it as a learning experience, guys. Don't 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 get down. I, enjoy the games anyway. FPF is still a fun game.
1: Les Princes de la Rive-Sud Versus Dream Breakers. Can Dreambreakers get a win?
0: Um, I, think they, I think they will Princes de la Rive-Sud Are a good team But I don't think They're that much better Than Dream Breakers. And the fact that Dream Breakers Haven't won yet To me is an anomaly
1: Mangus versus Team Ethnic uh,
0: Team Ethnic Continue the role They're going to end 4-0 no?
1: And let's go Les uh, Cock Versus Tenth and Hammocks
0: uh, Les Man, Tencent Hamich, one and two, they go cock. I don't know. Well, who's rushing for Tencent Hamich? Is
1: it Brandon Aylward? I would guess. I mean, I don't even know. They
0: need to rush their best talent because man, Dom Lafour is a monster. He's he's the fastest dude I've ever seen in FPF. Period. He's he's fast. He's like he's he's like if Alex Peel was quarterback and decides to be a running quarterback.
1: That's yeah. That's a bad idea.
0: That's what it feels like. So you, you need to get your 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 best uh, your best athlete on him.
1: Let's go tier uh, three. Um this is just for fun. One and Niners versus Lockdown, I will not be there, so you have a chance. Um <laughs> I, so look, one and Niners, it's it's a team
0: where um the quarterback can play quarterback and the guys are learning, right? And much like the advice I gave to um to, to Limit Sick, you know, um to be you want to learn to play quarterback this is how it is it sucks <laughs> man it really sucks when you're learning to play there's gonna, there's gonna come a point where it all kind of makes sense to you and it sucks a little bit less but when you first start playing quarterback my god is it horrible because you have to go back and face the huddle every time and like nobody's actually judging you nobody's getting upset but you feel it uh so in the battle of the cannolis part six Seven, I, think, I think I think lockdown will take it. It's weird you make me pick my own game.
1: No, it's just I was just for fun because I wanted to make you struggle a little Who bit. Who are you picking? Uh I'm picking Lockdown. Sorry? <laughs> I'm picking Lockdown. <laughs> Uh, Los Bandidos versus Leprechauns I do have a surprise for this one We do have audio provided to us uh, From Chris Rive of Nim uh, Jemkowski from the Leprechauns I haven't listened to it so I don't know What he's going to say I don't know what the context is I also is. haven't listened yet I had
0: such a crazy Day like so you're,
1: So you ready for this? Ready yeah, for the surprise? Alright Nim, m- Nim what did you say to Chris? Okay to hold that box a oh.
0: Yeah Absolutely.
1: For future reference, Chris, please edit the audio before you send it to us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: or speak it to the mic. I think they're waiting for
1: it. I'm going to do a focus, and I, yep. when I say go, it's going to be
0: recording. All right. What do you want me to say? Anything you uh, want me to just do. Just follow up. We'll have a conversation. Can cool. Really quick. Cool. i just
1: going to fix the focus. My bad, man.
0: Yeah, no worries. Take your time, man.
1: Okay. quality content here calling
0: so to be fair in, in Chris's defense this does seem like all a right, production alright so
1: I'm here too. with Nim Janikowski from the Leprechaun
0: Nim yes so sir I've seen you posted all over Facebook all over my poll that we've on the game of the week here we are so uh, can you let the people know what can we expect tonight from the Leprechaun ah well here's what we're hoping for we're hoping for a W, big W statement game we've noticed we haven't been getting that much respect uh, on the uh on the podcast and stuff like that, and that's cool. We get it. We got to earn our respect, and we're hoping to do that tonight. First step. Another big win, go 3-0. and Give the an L in the last column, and uh, we have our you know lucky charms here for our leprechauns. He brought a box. These the guys team. are going to bring it home for us. So watch. Oh, yeah. We'll put on a show for you guys, I
1: promise. I we'll we'll much. appreciate it, man.
0: Thanks. Right. Thank
1: and with that, they lost 28-18. Wonderful.
0: I was at that game, Mark-Andre DeZone did not look great early on, and he, he sort of caught a vibe, but then
1: Guys are dropping passes late in the
0: game. Like, it just out of think the entire game.
1: So, this week they're playing Los Bandidos.
0: Yeah, without, without uh, I'm going to assume Loic, uh, game? aren't there, uh, isn't there as well, if based Benjamin. So, in that case, give me Uh
1: Next game Honey Martin versus Voodoo.
0: I like Honey Martin, man. Um, I, I watched him play this week. Uh, great dudes. Uh, told me to check out the bar of the same name. Uh, they, they, they—they're uh, the sponsors who got them the shirts and all that. So, I'm gonna go Honey Martin because I like alcohol. Also, I think that they're they're a talented team that can give Voodoo a test. Uh,
1: let's go, Johnny Fireball versus Scranton Stranglers.
0: I feel like you're making this up. No, these are actual names. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I'm always gonna go Scranton Stranglers because just simply the best uh, team name in the history of FBF.
1: And last game, Trailer Park Boys versus Untouchables. Who is it, sorry,
0: against Untouchables? Uh,
1: Trailer Park Boys.
0: Oh, that's not going to be a fun game. Um, t- Trailer Park Boys are a team that, that cap- they're not the most efficient team, but they capitalize when you make mistakes. Untouchables make a lot of mistakes. Hopefully they learned a lot uh, in their lost the lockdown this week. Um, although I feel like losing the lockdown doesn't really have you learning anything so much as it just makes you cry. Eagle. Thank you for all the work you've done today. Thanks to Chris Reve for uh, getting us that audio. And thank you, to Jankowski, for providing that. Uh, thanks to MoCon and to Jadariti. Jadariti and guys. Ryan Aridi, who
1: I told to beat up his brother, yeah. for money. Yeah. So,
0: Thank you for prostituting yourself for violence. That's appreciated. But most of all, thank you all for letting me be myself.